0: up band heads! I hope you all are enjoying your summer like I am. So the July 4th date is passed and you know to me July 4th marks not only the middle of summer but in a month or so or even in most cases less than a month band camps are going to be starting up again and then marching season is going to be coming soon. It is right around the corner and I'm excited about it. I think I'm going to actually get to go to some real games and they're going to feel like real games again. So this week I have Dr. Rodney Chisholm on the podcast. Dr. Rodney Chisholm, he is a graduate of University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. He's been a director on the college level and he is just having a really good time in his life right now because... Not only is he one of the authors in the HBCU Experience, HBCU Band Alumni Second Edition out on Amazon, he also had a baby. (laughs) He just had a baby last month. So he's got a lot of good stuff going on in his life right now. And so his story is cool. I learned a lot of things that I didn't know about him. And he's just an all-around funny guy. So here is Dr. Rodney Chisholm. I am here with my friend, Dr. Rodney Chisholm. Dr. Chisholm had several positions in the HBCU band world, including working as an assistant at Jackson State University and also being the head director at one time of Fayetteville State University. And so I'm really glad to have him on because I just want to know a little bit more about his story. So how you doing?
1: Hey, how are you doing? Good. Good. What's going on? Oh, everything is great. Everything is great on my end. Um, I'm just so happy to be here. Okay, cool. All right, so we're going to dive right on into it. So, why don't you tell the
0: people about your hometown? Where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in the great city of Memphis, Tennessee. Home (laughs) of the blues, birthplace of rock and roll. (laughs) All right,
0: okay. So, Memphis, very, very musical area. I'm sure you got a lot of exposure to you know different music styles and so tell me about that growing up like did you did you grow up in a musical family or what what made you want to do music as like a hobby
1: well yes and no kind of deal if you were to come to memphis or anywhere in the Missis- uh, in the mississippi delta area and you research my last name chisholm you will see that the chisholm family are there are musicians pastors and just a bunch of business entrepreneurs inside just with that with that name alone now how does it relate to music several of us uh i have cousins who are like gospel musicians there are some who are um blues artists r&b singers you know whatever the case may be i was introduced to music at an early age because, uh, when I was like little, you know, my grandmother, she was known for her cooking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we used to have Sunday dinners with, you know, musical icons, you know, uh, the, the barge, Bobby the barge used to him and my uncle were best friends. You know, the barcades used to come over. Um, confunction used to come in just, and we used to literally like, Like, I wish that I was older so I would know who these guys were at the time. But I used to have Sunday dinners with Legends because, you know, my grandmother stayed in South Memphis, which was not 10 minutes away from the old old Stacks recording studio. So, you know, a lot of those guys used to come over and, and eat Sunday dinners with us. And then my daddy himself used to manage, you know, in the 80s. You know how big live bands were at that time. So my daddy had two bands that he managed. So I was around music all the time and, you know, never knew that I was going to fall into it. But, you know, it, that's, you know, that's part of the destiny. Well, you know, that's, that's really cool. I never knew that about you, Um, that
0: you grew up with like, what'd you say, the barcades and Confunction, like just coming to your house?
1: Yeah, they was coming to my grandmother's house. It was just like music icons. Al Green, you know, his church is, wasn't too far from there, you know. I mean, just music icons used to just come over to Miss Carrie House and eat. <laughs> so because <laughs> you know? it was was close to the Stacks recording
0: studio, and they just, I mean, how what, what's the connection? How did they get to your to your grandma?
1: Well, you know, my dad and my uncle Larry, kind of, you know, they all all grew up like in the same you know vicinity or whatnot. You know, although my dad didn't go to Booker T. Washington, he went to Central. But my mother went to Merrill's High School, which is in Orange Mound, where the Orange Mound area of Memphis. And they'll kill me if I don't say this. So let me say Orange Mound, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and that, at one point in time, that Orange Mound area was known as probably the oldest. It is. It's the oldest black area in the state of Tennessee. And that's where a lot of the music icons that have come up out of Memphis. That's where they went. They either went to Merrill's or they went to Booker T. Washington. Then you know, there was some in other schools. But, you know, back in that time, everybody was connected. Everybody kind of knew each other type deal. And, you know, and whether if it was music, whether if it was athletics, whether if it was just entrepreneurs, you know, they all knew each other.
0: Wow. That is so cool that you got exposed to that at such a young age. So let's let's talk about your instrument. What, what's your main instrument?
1: Oh, I'm a saxophone
0: player okay, sax. Okay. Um, and when did you start playing the sax? <laughs>
1: that story is kind of funny. I started playing actually in high school. I started in high school, actually. Uh, my very first instrument was the clarinet. Um, and well, I'll start in the beginning. You, could, you mentioned, you heard me mention something about growing up in the 80s. So, you know, in the 80s, Purple Rain was a pretty popular movie. So uh, I actually wanted to play the guitar. I wanted to be like Prince, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there was another movie that came out with the guy, the guy who played the karate kid, Ralph Macchio. Mm-hmm. He, went, he wanted to be a blues artist. So that movie was called Crossroads. And I was like, I thought it was very, you know, I love the guitar for some reason until one year, Luther Vandross had a song called So Amazing. And there was a show that used to come on BET called Video Soul.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And with Don, yeah, Donnie Simpson was the host. And he was like, here's a, an artist. For the first time on this show, we're going to have an instrumentalist. And it was a guy named Gerald Albright playing a rendition so amazing. And ever since then, I told my dad that I want to play that instrument that looked like a J. I, I, it was something about that particular instrument. When I got to middle school, my sister was in the band and she already had a clarinet. And my mama was like, "No, I'm not buying another instrument." So <laughs> I had to learn the clarinet, you know. And you know, during that time, you know, people was like, "That's a girl instrument. What you doing, brother?" And all this being influenced. So when I got to high school, I saw the differences, and I mean, the uh, the fingers were exactly the same. So I switched to tennis sax when I got in high school, and the rest is history.
0: Okay. Okay. Good. So let's talk about your high school and going into college. Did you know you wanted to study music in college? Like, did your high school you went to? A, you did a high stepping high school, correct? I did. Okay. Okay. Did. And you went? Did you go to Central High School in Memphis? No,
1: I went to uh, Fairley High School. Okay. Okay. I I went to Fairley High School, and you know, honestly, I I grew up in a strict household. So I joined the band so that I would have something to do right after school. So I wouldn't have to go home, you know, not knowing the world that I entered, you know, to me, you know, I just looked at the band as a, you know, a bunch of, you know, I was guilty of the band nerds, the band geeks, cause I wanted to play basketball and be an athlete, you know, like any, I guess any other guy would want to do at that time and thinking that I'm going to go to the NBA and stuff like that. And, and I, when I actually joined the band, like and that's when I switched and got on tenor sax. Um, I was like, whoa, you know. And I wondered how these saw these guys taking this serious. So, and then every year in Memphis, we used to have the Southern Heritage Classic, mm-hmm. and you know, so you know, it was at the time, you know, during that time, I I saw the early stages of it. So it it wasn't always Tennessee State, Jackson State. It was. One point of time, it was Tennessee State and Valley. One point of time, it was Tennessee State and 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 Gremlin, You know, so I had a chance to see these different schools, not knowing that my high school band director actually was a Valley alum. So we were um we were actually I was actually exposed to it at an early part of my life. So as time started going and. He started allowing us to go to these college homecomings and we participate in they parades and they battle the bands. And I just understood and saw that it was a whole new world out there. And it was my senior year when I finally realized like, wow, what have I gotten myself into? Cause you know, I was just, I didn't understand. So now it's like, Whoa, you know what I'm saying? My high school band director, he exposed us to a lot of things and it wasn't just that, you know, he exposed us to full comprehension. We had a concert band. We had a jazz band. I, uh, he exposed us to, to all regions, to solo and ensemble. Well, it was called always Tennessee here, solo and ensemble, all that, everything that has to do with instrumental music, we were exposed to it, but the HBCU scene by us, him allowing us to go to different homecomings every year and participate in their festivities kind of, you know, I didn't know that there was a, H- a HBCU or PWI. I just thought it was just college, you know. So mm-hmm. I didn't realize it until my senior year.
0: Okay. So is that when you saw Pine Bluff for the first time and you were like, I want to be, at, you know, how'd you get to UAPB? Like, was it one of your first choices of schools? or
1: UAPB was not my first choice. It was not my first choice. Um, Because of the Southern Heritage Classic, my first choice was actually Tennessee State. And because a lot of my friends and everybody else who I know, everybody was like, I'm going to Jackson State. I'm going to Jackson State. JSU this, JSU that. So I wanted to be different and say, I'm going to play against you and I'm going to the school on the other side. Mm-hmm. The aristocratic bands or whatever that they called it. it says, I, like, I didn't know this was like I was like in the 10th, 11th grade at this point. So I didn't know any better. So, you know, my senior year come rolling around. We go to Tennessee State. That was the year we went to Tennessee State homecoming, just coincidentally, that year. And when I tell you, I had the time of my life. Now, I can't tell you because I was, you know, 17 and, you know, doing some things that minors don't need to be doing. But mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sold. This is where I'm going. And then that next week, you know, we was, like, scheduled to go to UAPB. And I was like, man, I was like, well, this like this at TSU. I can't wait to see what's in Pine Bluff. When I tell you night and day, it was so boring, so whack, so lame. I'm talking like, wow, this was like fall 95. and You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so, you know, time go on. I'm going to Tennessee State. Ain't nothing stopping me this, that, and the third. It's time for All West. I make All West. I make the top band, which is the blue band, audition. and made an alternate to the state and jazz. Mr. Graham, the band director at UAPB, is on his recruitment trip. He stops at Fairland, you know, do the recruitment speech, time for the audition, time to do whatever it is that he needs to do. I walked up in their practice room. I didn't even have an instrument in my hand. And I was so cocky and arrogant, and I was like, well, uh, with all due respect, you know, your homecoming was boring, and I'm going to Tennessee State. You know, I, I wouldn't be caught dead at your school. You and, said uh, that? Yeah, I told him that. And, uh, you know, I'm <laughs> young and dumb. I'm 17 years old. I don't know better. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, of course, you know, my high school band director told me not to ever burn bridges because you don't know where you're going to end up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and he was like, well, how are you going to pay for it? And I was like, you know, financial aid, scholarships, whatever the case with I'm going to Tennessee State and there's nothing you're going to do and say about it, you know? And he was like, well, thank you. And I walked out of the room. So I didn't go to college right after high school. I sat out a year. So I ended up going to Tennessee State that next year in 97. And, you know, I had a good time, you know, but I'm like, where's the entertainment when I, you know, when y'all was trying to lure me in here? Where's all that? Wait, wait a
0: second. Wait a second. Let's back up a minute. Did you march for Tennessee State? I did in 97.
1: Wait. why am I just finding this out? Yeah, I was in, I was in, I was in that Tennessee State band in 97. Wait so that means you played against me well not me my At a- a- at Circle city classic At Circle City Classic. Okay, oh. okay yeah yeah, yeah. In, in, in Indianapolis yeah I played against you, you okay so right. let me, tell, let me yeah. tell you
0: it wasn't against me because that was my that was my last semester in school and I did not march. however I did go to the Circle city classic. I, I got a story on that one too. Oh, wait a second. Okay, so wait a minute. Let me let me just wrap my brain around this. Cause you know, as long as I've known you, I've always just associated you with going to Pine Bluff. And oh, it's this is my first time learning that you marched for Tennessee State. Yeah, okay, I so let's let's do a quick, a quick little, quick little synopsis of that first year at Tennessee State in in the band.
1: Oh, we I'm getting there. I'm getting there.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So, you know, I get to Tennessee State or whatnot. And I mean, when I tell you I was bad, like when I say I was bad, you know, coming from a street household, never been anywhere like that. I was bad. I had uh, I was so ruthless that I did. I smart talk to drum major, you know. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> I messed around and we were in band camp and something had happened and I didn't know how to do something. And I said, hey, homeboy, told that to the drum major. And the drum major was like, what did you say to me? Oh, boy, I don't know what to call you. I don't know your name. You address me as Mr. Drum Major, sir. Bro, you ain't about two years older than me. You know, I was rude. I was cocky because I was this ultimate State saxophone player. You know, they set me straight real quick. You know what I'm saying? So I was I was really humble right after that. Uh, and, you know, later on, I went and apologized to him. And, you know, after my section leader, you know, kind of told him who I was, how I was, because the section leader and I went to the same high school. And uh, he was like, you know, Rodney is generally not a rude person. He he gets like that when he's in a new environment. He don't know people. He feel like that he have to make his presence known, whatever the case may be. What I learned about Tennessee State is Tennessee State only played four black schools that year. And that was that was uh, FAMU, Jackson State, a and South Carolina State. After that, we playing to some empty bleachers. And... I was like, no, I I I, I got to get to the swag, man. I I I got to see somebody every week, you know. But I wasn't going to Jackson, like I was not going, you you know, because that was the closest, you know. So I was like, man, the next place I can go to is this Pam. Look, oh boy, I hope he don't remember who I am, <laughs> you know. You know, it, it's kind of funny. I was like, oh, so I'm working, you know, working. I called him, set him up, set the audition up, went down there. Went through the audition. He offered me my scholarship and everything. He didn't say anything about it. First day of band camp, it's the playing session. He walked up to me. He said, yo, man, let me see your wrist. Like, he he held my wrist like he was checking my post. And he started watching his watch. And I was like, what is that about? He said, I'm just trying to make sure you ain't dead because you down here in my band room. <laughs> you deserve it. You deserve that. <laughs> And I just started laughing. I was like, nah, that wasn't me. I tried to lie my way out of it. But, uh, oh, my gosh. Look but, you uh, but you know, I'm kind of glad that I went to UAPB. There ain't no counter. I'm glad I did because I feel like Mr. Graham, and, and, and you know, and shout out to him. Mr. Graham gave me opportunities down there that, that, you know, this person who wouldn't be caught dead gave me opportunities that I felt like that I wouldn't have gotten if I was at Tennessee, if i stayed at tennessee state because when i entered college i didn't even enter college as a music major i was a criminal justice major okay yeah so so you know what made like, you what made you want to switch to music god something just kept taking me to the music department you know mm-hmm. something just kept on kept on taking me over there and and if not, when I entered at Tennessee State, I entered as a mass con major because the life that I wanted was the life, kind of the professional life that Steve Harvey have. I wanted to have a, a radio show. I wanted to have a talk show. I wanted to be a comedian. I wanted to act in movies. Mm-hmm. Everything professionally that Steve Harvey is doing now, I wanted to do that except for write a book. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Well, you know, wrote a disser- to- you wrote a dissertation, so you know you see what I'm saying. So <laughs> and I mean, you wrote a chapter in a book, which we will be getting to later. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, I mean, so I mean, you know, it's funny how things play out. Then when I went to UAPB, that's when I changed to criminal justice. Me being 18, 19 years old, and I'm taking Intro to Criminology, and Miss uh, Professor Thrower says that all her tests are essay, and you know. Being that young, I was like, no, no. And I went over to the music department in like the month of November. And you know how music departments, they 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 make you take a theory placement exam just to make sure. And he was like, you know, this was uh, Dr. Elliott. He's the department chair at Tennessee State now. Uh, Dr. Elliot was like, well, Rodney, you know, we can't do like other majors. Well, uh, we took a theory placement exam and you may need to take prep theory. And that's going to put you behind a whole year. So I was like, uh, he said, "Let me just give you the test and see how you do, just to make sure." And when I got the test, I looked at it. You know, and I was like, "For real, this is it?" He was like, "Yeah, I'll take it." And I made a perfect score on it. And he was like, "You never had any theory core?" I said, "No, this this looks like beginning band book one, red book stuff." You know? He was like, "Well, I see you in theory one next semester." You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, so technically, I actually, I actually exempted out of it, but yeah so i mean the rest is history when i got the uapb i was mr i I, mr graham allowed me to arrange music as a freshman i became later on i became his first his first student director under his uh baton uh he allowed me to be a section leader every year i was there you know uh and i i was in the saxophone ensemble you know, I, I I did a lot of things, composed music for the jazz band. You know, it was just, a, I was able to really work my way around that department. And, and I don't think I would have got that at Tennessee State. And that's not me downplaying Tennessee State. But, you know, and I kind of left because, you know, Tennessee State wasn't the place for me. Let me say it like this. So when I got to UAPB, I was just like, I crossed KK side and some most stuff at UAPB, you know. So... Hey, it, UAPB worked out for me. That is awesome.
0: So, you know, let's
1: talk about a battle that you
0: remember while you were marching for Pine Bluff.
1: Can I can I go back to one that was at Tennessee State? Sure, you can do that too. So, the one battle <laughs> that I remember at Tennessee State was the one that you just mentioned about. Oh my no, God. no, listen, listen, listen. Let me tell you something. This is when Hay in the Middle of the Barn was like the biggest song ever right then. So, you know, you know, we had some arrogant people that was inside the Tennessee State band at that time. And, you know, we kind of, you know, did our business with South Carolina State a couple of weeks prior to that. So I had, a, you know, one of my, well, they don't have crabs in Tennessee State. So one of my freshman brothers, he was from North Carolina. And everybody was like, Yeah, we man, we wax, yeah, we wax South Carolina State, yeah, we're gonna go and do AT the same way. One of my freshman brothers was like, Hey man, AT ain't no band to sleep on, bro, Don't do it, man. Hey, hey, don't vote, don't folks don't do it. He was just sitting back talking. And you know, so a couple of us in my room, I can tell you the story now. We overslept and got left at the hotel. I don't know. If they saw, but we caught a cab to it at the time, the RCA dome. We caught a cab to it. We jumped on the bus while the band was in practice. I don't know if a and band saw us on the bus with our band uniform. I don't know, but when they was out there warming up, man, our bus was shaking. I was like, oh, man, these guys from the cream of us tonight, man. These we get to the parade. We marching down the street. It was a building. You know, we get into this intersection. It was a building. We come down there. And as soon as the band got in front of A&T, that was like the loudest smoking on hay in the middle of the barn I have ever heard in my life. It was so it was like so loud that it shook the whole band. Everybody got off step. It was like, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. It was bad. <laughs> you know, then we get to the game that night, man, and it was just like. Man, I I have never heard a band like that live. You know, I've seen some, some waxings and some people getting tore up, but actually being in it, I still, that happened in 97, and I still feel that to this day. Like, I'm still haunted by it to this day. Like, because well, I've me, never seen that.
0: Well, let me tell you this. So, I might have said this on an earlier podcast, but with Tennessee State, um, Prof Graves, you know, y'all's director, at the time, he actually taught my mom. So he used to work at a t Right. And he actually taught my mom because my mom was a music major. And he still, like, he taught her how to play clarinet because my mom was a French horn major. So, you know, you have to learn the other instruments. And my mom was like, Christy, um, Prof Graves, he taught me how to play clarinet. So at that game, the 97 game, um, I went to Prof Graves and I spoke to him and I said, hey, I, I know you don't know me, but my mother is Zenobia McCracken. Well, Zenobia Walker, but she was Zenobia McCracken. And he was like, yeah, I remember her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he was so friendly. Like, I, I like Tennessee State. They are very much a class act school.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm still, like I said, Christy, I'm still hunted out their battle to this day. I had... I hadn't seen anything like that. Now, my one of my greatest UAPB battles. I I have to give it up to the Jackson State UAPB battle of two thousand. Okay. Um. I'm i I'm am I'm gonna tell you why. I think pride was on everybody's shoulders that day. Mm-hmm. Um. What happened was, uh, the game was over. At nine o'clock. <laughs> We didn't leave that fifth quarter till like two in the morning.
0: Whoa! Now see, I've I've seen and been in some long fifth quarters
1: before, but not from like nine to two. I'm finna tell you what happened. Whoa! I think we all agreed. Well, it ain't us. The directors agreed to play six songs each, and Jackson State had to leave, and I think. They played a song, and then we played another song that they may have had. And we saw Jackson State getting up, like you know, regularcy. We saw Jackson State getting up, and we was like, "Yeah, yeah, we get to go to the Q party." I mean, we was excited, man. We was like, "We finna, we finna kick it." We all already got our clothes ironed up in the room and everything, man. Jackson State Magruder sat them folks right back down, man, and the battle just kept going. We literally played every. Single song in our books, mm-hmm. every last one of them. And and, and and it was it was crazy. We were down to just band fanfares. That's all we had left. Then mm-hmm. if you go back and look at that battle, we played a song that we wrote in the that, that was intended for the dance routine on the field, and the percussion didn't know when to cut off, so they just started tapping and went into a beat and. Added a blow. I mean, it was to the right. point we we was being creative in the stands just to keep going. Wow. I don't know. We were getting mad. Like I'm talking. About, I'm talking. About we. It got to the point where Jackson State started playing songs. We started singing a song. They started singing ours, and it was just like, "Can we go?" <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: So those those are some good stories. So okay, let, let's fast forward a little bit. You you graduate. And how did you become the assistant at Jackson State?
1: It's funny. I know how it happened now, but at the time, I didn't. Um, one of the band directors, uh, and shout out to him. One of the, he was a, a band director. After I graduated from UAPB, I came back to Memphis and be high school band director. And uh, I, I became friends with uh, one of my frat brothers. His name is. Uh, I didn't know he was an alpha at the time, but his name is Derek Hardaway. Do, excuse me, Doctor Derek Hardaway. Now, he's the, he's actually the principal at Merrow's High School. So shout out to him, ha, uh, Doctor Hardaway. He was the band director at the time at a school called East High School here in Memphis. And he and I got friends or whatnot, and, you know, he was asking me if I arranged music and stuff like that. So, you know, I was kind of helping him out, throwing arrangements to him or whatnot. And he was like, man, do you do these? Because I was putting them out pretty fast. And he was like, man, do you do this during, between your planning periods? You'll be writing music between classes. Don't, you don't got five minutes. I said, don't take me long at all. So I he reached out to J- Louis Liddell, Dr. Louis Liddell, and shout out to him. And told Louis Adele, he was like, Doc, man, we got, you know, we got this talented guy that's in Memphis, man. I think he'll be a great asset to the boom or whatnot. And he was like, where did he go? And he was like, "Pine Bluff." He was like, you know, I don't, I don't know how the rest of the conversation went, but all of a sudden, you know, I'm sitting in my band room and my cell phone, a 601 number just pops up on my, you know, call idea or whatnot. I was like, who calling me from Jackson or whatnot, you know? It was Louis Adele." And he had asked me, you know, he had told me that one of his alumni students, you know, reached out to him about my arranging ability. He asked me to send some songs to him or whatnot. And I did. And so he had asked me if I wanted to be their chief, chief arranger or whatever the case may be. And I was like, at Jackson State? How could I say no to that? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, right, right. You know, um, you know, it was it was a pretty rough ride and he was like, Well, they couldn't hire me full time because my master's my first master's degree is not in music, it's in secondary ed. Mm-hmm. And uh so I ended up staying in Memphis the 07, 08 year, but I was just kinda you know, I was kinda part-time going Jackson and only about two hours from here. So I was going back and forth maybe twice a week down there and gas was a lot cheaper then too. So I was going down there a lot uh, you know dropping off arrangements here and there. 08 roll around, that's when I go around there full time, enrolled in a master music program, finished it in the year. And once I finished, then Dr. Renato Murray gave me the opportunity to be full time on staff. So that the rest is, is history from that point. So that's how I ended up at Jackson State. That's a prime example. And I tell people this all the time there is a that's a prime example of you never know who's watching you. You know Mm-hmm. So that that's a, that's a great example right there. And I, I tell this story all the time.
0: Wow. Wow. So, OK, let's talk about Fayetteville State. So did you go from Jackson
1: to Fayetteville or? I did. Um, I, went okay. Jackson, I went from Jackson to Fayetteville. And, and see, that's kind of funny because I graduated from UAPB in
0: 2004.
1: Mm-hmm. And the department chair, his name was Dr. Michael Bates he had pulled me and another student in his office because both of us were the music students that were graduating that year. And he was like, so uh, what are y'all, what are y'all gonna do now, you know? And, you know, Derek gave some type of generic answer. And so did I, you know, one of the things that I said was, I actually, I actually spoke my career up. I told, I told Dr. Liddell, I mean, uh, Dr. Bates, I was like, well, in five years, I'm gonna be on somebody's college band staff. And 10 years from now, I'm gonna be somebody's director of bands. He was like, well, Rodney, I didn't hear doctorate nowhere in here. I said, well, that's gonna come, that's gonna come shortly after. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because I graduated from UAPB. I finished my degree at Jackson State in 09, which is the same time Dr. Murray, Renato Murray, hired me. Mm. Five years, somebody's right. now in 2014. I became the director at Fairfield State. 10 years, somebody's director of bands, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And then I got my first doctorate from the American Conservatory of Music in 17, three years later, shortly after, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I actually spoke my career up without even knowing it. Wow. You know? It was like it's crazy, so I was like, "I." It was funny because in nineteen, I was like, "Ah!" When I thought about it, man, I'm gonna hit the power ball in twenty two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is funny. That's
1: funny. So
0: let's talk about what you're doing now. You're you're back in high school, right?
1: For the time being, I um I I only stayed at Fayetteville State for a year. It was one of those situations where. The university went through an administration change and you, you know, how it is when individuals want to bring their own people in. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened with that. And after I left Fayetteville State, I ended up going to Texas, little old small town in East Texas called Tyler. And right across the way in Hawkins, there was a smaller HBCU called Jarvis Christian College. Right. And oh yeah. I forgot you were there too. Yeah. I was the, uh, so I, I actually, you know, they had someone, Before that, but I guess he couldn't get it going. But so I was, I'm credited as founding the program there. We even had a nickname, the Sophisticated Sounds of Soul. That you know, I put together. We called the S3 or whatnot. And you know, it was just like M4, just like M4. (laughs) Don't hate man, don't hate. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) but uh, I uh, you know I uh, I went there. I did that. I stayed there until 19, and then I went to. A small PWI in Dodge City. I only stayed there for a few months because pandemic hit. They had to make changes. And now I came back home to Memphis or whatnot. And yeah, I'm currently at in high school, but you know, um, um, you're gonna hear something very soon about a new change. Okay,
0: come on. Yes, come on, teaser. I okay. love it. I love it. Let's talk about this book that we are both in. So this is the second edition of the HBCU Experience, HBCU Band Alumni Edition, which is an anthology of alumni that marching in a black college band that tell their stories about, you know, how, you know, their band stories and how H- marching the HBCU band helped to make them who they are today. So, um, how
1: did you feel about writing your chapter? I felt great about it, you know. Um, actually, after reading the first one, I was I was kind of upset that I didn't get the opportunity to be in that first one, but uh, you know. But uh, now I actually felt great about it when 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 I received, you know, the instructions on what to do and how to do it and things like that. I got started on it instant. I'm talking about some when soon as they soon as soon as you guys release, say go ahead and start writing or how many words, whatever the instructions had to be. I just sat down and it took me, it took me three class periods to write it. Okay. You got to think about it. I just, and then, you know, when you, you know, when you gave me, you know, like I said, the word count and things like this, you got to think about it. I just finished a degree not too long ago mm-hmm. where we have assignments where they have to be exact word count. So I was just like, you know, just going and going and going and going and going. So it was actually a fun experience. Oh, good, good. So,
0: Without giving everything away, because, you know, we got to get people to get the book. And I, let me just um, go ahead and say that part of the proceeds to, of the book are going to the National HBCU Band Directors Consortium, which I remember you talked about them a little bit. You gave them a shout out in your chapter. But without giving everything away, can you talk about like what, what's included in your chapter?
1: Basically, my journey. My journey, how I was introduced to the HBCU community and basically how, how, how the HBCU community, the band community, excuse me, um, shaped the person to you, who you see today.
0: OK. OK. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are you looking forward to when the book comes out? See, here's here's the thing. This is my second go round, So I kind of know what to expect. And right. so I know that there's a lot of of unexpected things like things you don't know are coming that you know we've been sworn to secrecy to talk about but right. what what are you looking forward to the most
1: Well you know since since the first book was was such a huge success I like to believe that it it was I'm I'm really just honored and excited to be a part of the the whole experience of it itself you know my name now is going to go into the, uh, into the library of Congress. I mean, it's like, wow, you know, so it's, it, that's, that's the one big exciting, it was the second time, but this, this is, this is, this is a big exciting thing though. I'm, 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 I'm honored for this. This is a humbling experience.
0: Um, I guess we're going to kind of wrap things up, but is there anything that you want to maybe have some good parting words about? Like, how about how about a lesson that you that you take with you now that you learn from marching at either Pine Bluff or Tennessee
1: State? Well, it's not even so much as me marching. It's more of like you said, you, you you throughout the marching experience, but it's also what I've learned, like it working at Jackson State, working at Fayetteville State, working for Jarvis, being around the HBCU consortium, you know, other my colleagues around them, and just. The overall learning experience because you know, one thing that we fail sometimes to realize as educators, we're we are also still students to the game. So, mm-hmm. so just because you know, we spent four years marching and experienced all that gruesome band camp and 10 game seasons and traveling on buses and eating at Golden corrals and and <laughs> and, 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 and buffets and rhymes or whatever you know that you go to. And just, just the overall discipline and the experience of actually participating, there's also a side of it because we are educators in it, right? We're also leaders. So what Mr. Graham, what Dr. Samford, what Dr. Liddell, all these guys, have, Mr. Uh, Prof. Graves, Kevin Davenport, you know, I can go on and on and on. What these guys conveyed into me, now it's my turn to convey it out to students. And so now students are walking away saying, "I remember when Doc, well, that's what they call me now. I remember when Doc did this, and Doc taught me this, and Doc taught me that." And it's just like the funniest thing that my students call me that before I got the Doc, they never called me Mister Chisholm. They used to call me Father Chisholm because they say I act like their dad more. (laughs) When I say act like they dad, I'm getting on them about their grades, getting on them about not going to class, getting on them about not eating, not drinking enough water. I mean just things that parents do pull your pants up. Young mm-hmm. lady, you revealing too much. Cover that up. You know, I act more like their dad than an actual teacher. And students take students take heed to that. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the one thing about me is it feels good. And then three, four years later you see them graduating because of the the nuggets that you dropped on them. And that's that that's like the greatest feeling of our lives, especially mine.
0: right. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's a great way to leave. Um, so we are gonna go ahead and um end this conversation but it has been a pleasure talking with you Dr. Chisholm.
1: Likewise, <laughs> likewise, likewise.
0: You have listened to the HBCU Band Experience with Christy Walker. Interviews and editing conducted by yours truly, Dr. Christy Walker. The music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. And you can find this podcast on HBCU hbcubandexperience.podbean.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Take care.